Hi, this is Bianca. And this is Anna. Your hosts of Girl Talk Monday's podcast, where we discuss the world of fashion, self-confidence, and everything in between. In this new series, we interview inspiring women making a mark in their fields. Whether that be business leaders, CEOs, marketeers, or entrepreneurs, we want to share their success stories with you. In this week's episode, we speak to Scarlett Gray, the founder of Glow & Dry, an on-demand styling service which connects customers with A-list fashion and beauty stylists. We talk about how she began her career within luxury event and lifestyle management to spotting a gap in the market for a tailored on-demand beauty and styling service. Named Forbes 30 Under 30, Scarlett has a little black book to die for with a wealth of experience and has provided stylists with A-list clients and private members clubs, such as Annabelle's, to runway fashion shows at Ralph and Russo, and even Formula One. We dive into the power of networking and how to provide true value to your customers and to your employees by creating an empowering and thriving work environment. So tune in to listen to Scarlett's story and get inspired by her entrepreneurial vision. So welcome to Girl Talk Mondays! Mondays. Thank you so much, Scarlett, for joining us today on the podcast. We're really excited to talk to you. So we want to start with talking about your background. Can you talk us through how you went from a career first working in event management, at sporting and corporate events, to then changing, launching your business, and being in the luxury lifestyle, luxury beauty industry? Hi, ladies. It's so nice to be here with you both. Um, Yeah, so I basically am like the complete opposite to what people think of to set up a hair and makeup company pretty much that I growing up was a massive tomboy played lots of sports like my first ever job was actually at Adidas yeah. um, and then I worked for the football association for a bit so I was massively sporty growing up um and didn't wear any makeup didn't get my hair done like complete opposite to what people look at me now and they're like oh my god really I'm like yes I was completely different going up. Um, so, yeah, and then I basically got a job at a company called Quintessentially. Um, and Quintessentially is the world's leading luxury concierge service. So that was my first job coming out of the university. So you can imagine it was like the best job ever of coming to London. And my job was to basically go to all the best hotels and restaurants and events and judge them oh, wow. <laughs> I want to do that it was the best right it was the best job ever I say that there was a lot of stress behind it so the perks laid out the stress to be honest mm-hmm. um, but yeah so that was my job so as, at Quincentry we had our members that we looked after and they would call us up ladies and it would be anything like they could call us up one day and be like okay Scarlett I'm in London I need to get a table at Nobu and there are no tables but you have to make it happen. Yeah, That's what they pay for their membership for. Or they'll call up and say, I think the randomest one I ever had was, can I put my goldfish that my daughter has just won at Winter Wonderland on a first-class BA flight back to Dubai? And I was like, <laughs> what? I don't think we can do that. <laughs> oh, wow. What a request. <laughs> but, right? But this girl's devastated. This fish has to get on the plane. Like, this fish is not being left in London. <laughs> so it was just so random so then obviously like we get requests all the time like can you source me a, a Birkin bag because mm. the wait list is so long 
or can you get me a hair makeup artist to come to my house? Mm. And she didn't want any hair makeup artist. She wanted a kind of backstage hair and makeup artist to her home. Obviously, at that point, I feel so old when I say this now, but Instagram wasn't a thing when I was at Quintessentially. Like, you couldn't just go on Instagram and look at people's work and hope that this woman that turns up to do the hair and makeup would be really good. Yeah. So we used to we used to Google it. And I used to sit there and I'd be like, oh my God, this is so wrong. This is so wrong because if this lady turns up and she makes a bad job of her hair and makeup and she's going to the wedding, she is going to call me up and have such a go at me. Yeah. This is my fault. It's not the stylist's fault. It's my fault. Mm. So I used to sit there and like my mind used to kick over and I'd be like, wouldn't it be really great if someone had like a quintessentially for hair and makeup and I could just call them up and be like, this is what I need. This is the level of client that I've got also. Who do you have available? And we could pick which one. And they were vetted and they were just, it would just take the pressure off me of like Googling this. And I was like, mm-hmm. hmm, that's a really good idea. Someone should do that. Anyway, back to the day job. <laughs> and so, so these requests kept happening and happening and happening of like finding hair and makeup people, finding personal stylists. Like, and like along the way, I started to grow my own little black book because all these different people that I found for the request, I saved them. I was like, mm-hmm. oh my God, she's great. I'm going to save her number. And I made myself a little spreadsheet to myself of like all the hair and makeup people that were good and how to contact them. And then it got so good that the people around the office were like, can you share it with me? Of like, mm-hmm. so we know who to go to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then, yeah, so then I left quintessentially. And I went and worked at a place called the Hurlingham Club, which is obviously really known for the polo. And I organised all the member events there. So we, ha- my days were like really fun, but it's completely different. Of like one day I'd be organising a wedding, and then the next day I'd be organising a polo match, and then <laughs> the next day I'd be organising a gala dinner. Um, and all along the way, this kind of like niggling idea was still there. Of obviously, like with my bride, they would be like. So we got the DJ and we got the lighting. Do you have anyone that you could recommend to do the hair and makeup? Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, like I, I can recommend a good florist, like, but I can't recommend anyone for hair and makeup. And again, I was like, oh, this idea is still there. I was like, where is my little spreadsheet that I can go back to and, mm-hmm. just, and just see who I've actually got this woman for the hair and makeup? And so, yeah, so it was still there. And obviously that was great because that's where I got my love of events. With the polo, it actually then made me see, like, everyone, that when they're going to such a high-profile event, they want to get the hair and makeup done before they go. And this is where all this little idea still, like, kept popping up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, so I worked there for probably, like, two and a half years. And then I left there and went to work Formula One, which was oh, completely wow. different. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> completely different. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was when I was actually in Monaco for the Formula One. Um, and I mean, it sounds really glamorous when you're like, I'm at Monaco for the Formula One. You don't sleep. You're exhausted. You're hosting people 24-7. You have to look immaculate mm-hmm. and you're on a boat with like a tiny little mirror. Mm-hmm. And so many times, I literally over the weekend, I was like, wouldn't it be really great? If we're trapped on these yachts right now, like you physically can't get into the town because the race is on. I was like, we're literally trapped in this marina. I was like, wouldn't it be great if a hair and makeup artist could come to the boat and just do all of our hair and makeups? 
mm-hmm. like just to just to look quite alive and not so tired. Mm-hmm. And every single woman on the boat was like, I'd pay anything right now. Yeah. Absolutely yeah, anything. Yeah. Just to get someone to come and do my hair and makeup just for the day to make me look half alive. I'd pay anything. And so that's what made me realise of like it's not when you're well it is, but not as much as like when you're at home on a Friday night that you want your hair and makeup doing. It's actually when you're at an event. Mm-hmm. Like when yeah. you're at an event and you want to look great and you're going out and whether it's you're going out for dinner with your husband or your boyfriend or you're going out for dinner with clients, like mm-hmm. it's still you've got to host and look the part and you're you're the brand. Like I was the brand. You have to look like the brand twenty four seven. You can't rock up looking exhausted mm-hmm. and sometimes you're that tired that when you put your makeup on your face you look more tired because yeah. I've done it wrong and I'm like oh my god I look worse <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah so that's where I left from the one I came home and thought I was Carrie Badger and was like right this idea is following me around mm. and so I quit my job and was like I'm going to give it a go I'm going to set it up I'm going to set up this styling concierge that Anywhere across the world, if you need a hair makeup company, we could source it yeah. for that person. So yeah, so then I think it was week three, we were named like Tatler's Fairy Godmother on speed dial because mm-hmm. my friend was the editor of Tatler at the time and she rang me up and was like, I'm going to the Battle Awards Scarlet, can you get me hair and makeup person? And I'm only mm-hmm. two weeks in, I was like, oh yeah, that's fine, not a problem. <laughs> in my head, I'm like, oh my God, I've got to nail this, I can't not nail this. So, um, so yeah, so that was it. And then after that, it was in Forbes magazine after a month of like mm-hmm. the next Avon for hair and makeup artists. Mm-hmm. And it was just very daunting at that point because I was like, God, I've got to keep going now. Like yeah. it's out there, people know it. It's it's been all this. Like I can't give up now. Whereas before, yeah. I was like, Oh, well, I just give it a go, and if it doesn't work out, nobody will know it's me. And so, yeah, so that was my journey of, like you said, within from one job to another to another, this niggling idea followed me along. Mm-hmm. And then one day I was just brave enough or stupid enough, one of the two, to just think, right, I'm going to set it up and I'm going to give it a go. That's amazing. I mean, you really hit the ground running with it. And I love what you said, how Tatler quoted you as the fairy godmother of the beauty and hair yeah, industry. it's really nice. And I love the whole concept as well. I feel like it's... It's so nice to support individuals and freelancers and also build this strong network and luxury service from it as well. So you're quite like concise with the image that you give off. But also, so you mentioned like how the idea was like, you know, in your mind floating around for a couple of years, like while you were working your other jobs. Do you think then your reason for starting Glow and Dry came from your passion for the beauty industry or did it come from the need for this kind of service and like a gap in the market that you noticed that you felt like you needed to jump on the opportunity yeah well that's the funny thing like still to this day I can't even put any eyeliner on I'm so <laughs> at hair and makeup <laughs> and that's why I set it up for people like me I was like mm-hmm. I am I've got no time I'm always putting everyone else before me whether it's my members or my events or my clients I'm back of the list so I literally was like, okay, when I set the business up, and obviously like from now, like the beauty side of it, it's quite strange because like when I do the Annabelle's events, for example, and we do like all the creative stuff of like last year for Halloween, we did Games of Thrones. Mm-hmm. And 
it's very weird because I'm very visual as a person. So mm-hmm. I'm like completely dyslexic, but so visual. Mm-hmm. So it's weird because I can visualize how I want the hair and makeup to look to mm-hmm. a T. Mm-hmm. And I'm so OCD when it comes to it. And mm-hmm. some of the makeup artists someday, I think, give me that look like, you can't do makeup. <laughs> but I, I know how I want it to be and I know how mm-hmm. I want it to look. So I am very creative and visual. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I think like people go, oh, are you from the beauty industry? And I'm like, no, like mm-hmm. I'm from the five star service industry. Mm-hmm. So my job is to make people happy and yeah. make sure that the service is great and the quality is great and like you said it's that concierge service of picking up the phone 24 hours a day never being down about it either mm-hmm. and also thinking outside the box of just being like mm-hmm. no is ingrained to me, in me of like the service industry of not being an option yeah so i could never say no to a member so like with my clients now I don't know, I always feel like I I would always want to treat someone how I would want on the other end of the phone, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So if I'm like, oh my God, can you get me hair and makeup artists, I'm going to a wedding. I'm like, oh my God, that poor woman's going to a wedding, let's make her look yeah. great. Like, yeah. It's the service side of it that is, is me, if that makes sense. Like mm-hmm. I bring in the experts to do the job and I've got more than enough faith in them to go out and do the hair and makeup. Like, I still trade test every single stylist. Mm-hmm. And I still personally interview every single one of them. Mm-hmm. So whether it's by a phone or I, I just meet them for a coffee because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like they're out there representing my brand yeah. 24-7. So for me, it's a big deal of going to somebody's house. I'm like, what's that? Like literally people are like, oh, her hair and makeup's great. And I'm like, okay, but what is she like as a person? Mm-hmm. Like, did she have a nice aura? Did she have a nice atmosphere? Like, mm-hmm. Was she presentable? Like, is she going to turn up? Like, mm. because these are all the things that I have to think about, not the hair and makeup, but like you said, the service side of it. Yeah. So all of it along the way, the business to me is just five-star service, luxury service, being on the phone 24-7 for our clients. Mm. No is not an option. And kind of like treating my girl clients like girlfriends. Mm-hmm. That I'm like, right, okay, what do you need? Like, mm-hmm. okay, you're going there, do you need a dress getting? Okay, cool, you need a dress getting. So it's just ingrained in me to help and mm-hmm. to want to make people look amazing. And that's what makes me really happy, of like you said, and mm-hmm. why we're partners with all the concierge services because it is that service that you can pick up a phone, there is a person there at the end of it, you can tell them that this client's super high net worth or is a celebrity and they need to sign NDAs. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you need to chat to someone about that. You can't just mm-hmm. use a booking app yeah. and booking yeah. when it's that kind of level of, of client. Sure. True. Yeah. So in a way, I'm like a kind of matchmaker at the same time. Yeah. I matchmake my stylist to my client. But mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, that girl's really lovely and really chatty mm-hmm. and she'll be great with this client. But oh, this woman, nice. like to not speak and needs to just be seen and not heard and mm-hmm. and some stylists like you need to know how to read that when mm-hmm. you walk into these rooms and these level of clients that you're like okay mm-hmm. I need to be quiet today this person doesn't want to have a chat like yeah. so so yeah for me mm-hmm. like I have such faith in the beauty side of it when it comes to my team mm-hmm. that for me I'm just five star service mm-hmm. like completely to the core and I guess that's why like when 
all these articles say, oh, yeah, she's changed up the game, she's breaking the rules. And I'm like, I didn't know the rules. I'm not from the yeah. beauty world. Yeah. Like, so I'm not, I'm not breaking them. I'm just making up my own because mm-hmm. I don't know your mm-hmm. rules. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. And, and that's where it comes from. Like, all of my stylists provide their rates. So everyone's got their own rates. Everyone's a person. Nobody's a number. Everyone's got their own profile online. So they're actually showcasing themselves. So if if I want to go on, because at the start, girls, I couldn't afford my own horse. Still to this day, I can't afford the elite team every day. I yeah. wish I could. <laughs> so I was like, everyone's got their like occasions that they want, like, someone that's like Tanya, for example, who's just to be in Getty's makeup and just like Amber LeBron and like as well for me so like if I'm going somewhere super special I probably want to hire Tanya for, for that but if I'm actually just going out to dinner with my girlfriends on a Friday night mm-hmm. maybe I just want a 50 pounds blow dry and it's great yeah and I, but I want that option slowly but surely I do love the beauty side of it completely mm-hmm. unfortunately I don't have time to love it that much because yeah. I've got to do the service mm-hmm. you're the businesswoman behind the yeah but the yeah. lovely thing is is when I have a meeting and I'm like oh I need my hair and makeup doing that's the one thing I never have a doubt about now. yeah you know <laughs> you have it if I exactly. five minutes it's quite handy that I'm like oh in five minutes I want my makeup doing yeah. the one person blow and dry that I have someone see done yeah. That is true. That That's is a really great. good perk to have. Yeah. I would love this perk myself. Yeah, me too. But you know, I feel like, you know, when you are starting a business, it's all about the value that you're providing for your customers. And a lot of, I think a lot of people start a business just because they want to start something. And something that, you know, we're hearing now when we're talking to you is that you really you saw this need for a long time and you started accumulating ideas and contacts. And then when you felt like, okay, this is really needed now, you put it into place. And it wasn't just about, okay, I love this industry, but it was more about, I want to provide these people with a service that they need and I want to give them value. And yeah, that's just really inspirational. I feel like to everyone listening as well. I think that's why some people are like, this is really great because you're not from the industry world. Mm you're doing it differently yeah. because I'm not from it. I don't know it. I don't know the rules. And I'm just a bit like, well, you know what? Let's make up our own. Like, yeah. you can. When you make up your own business, you literally can make up your own rules. Mm-hmm. And that's why, like you said, we've got so many stylists that now are coming over to us because you can work whoever you want. It's like, I say it's like putting the freedom back into freelance. That I'm like, you do your own boss, girls. I want you to succeed as much as possible. Mm-hmm. I'm just your biggest cheerleader that's in your corner. Oh, that is great. so nice. That's like female empowerment and yeah. support yeah. all in, under one roof. It must be so nice to work for you, actually. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. You it must be. I call you up at 11. Yeah. I call you up at 11 o'clock at night. Yeah, like, like, we have a client right, now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but apart from that, <laughs> it's nice that it's all it's it's supportive and yeah. you are a businesswoman. So, like you said, you reinvented the rules and. That's how things need to be done because if every new business owner were to just copy an existing service already or yeah. existing product, it wouldn't it wouldn't work. So it's a much bigger risk to try something completely new, but also you can see a bigger reward. So when you first started launching your business, what were some of the biggest challenges you faced and how did you how did you really get the word out? How did you get your first clients? So I think to start with, my biggest challenge was exactly that because, like you said, along the way, I like I developed the contacts along the way. I developed trust with people along the way. So 
I think to start with, my biggest fear was, oh my God, everyone's going to know it's me that's failed. So I like called it glow and dry and told nobody that it was me and just set up my Instagram account and like slyly set it up along the way. And then I think it was one of um, my friends, actually Dom, who we used to work for, I think it was Glamour Magazine at the time, she was a beauty editor. And over the dinner table, she was like, you know, you really need to tell people that it's you. And I was like, oh, I don't want to, because then if I fail, everyone's going to know it's me. And she was like, the, the reason why you're going to get clients is because people trust you. Mm. People trust you not to let them down. People trust that you've done this job before, like with Quintessentia and all these other jobs. Like, they need to know it's you. And so then I was going to put it out there that it was me. And I think that was the scariest thing, thinking everyone's going to know that I failed. And I feel like now when I chat to other girlfriends that are setting up their businesses, and I feel like that's everyone's biggest fear at the start is failing. Yeah. And being like, oh my God, if I fail, if I leave my job, and then mm-hmm. I put it out there, and then everyone's going to know that I failed. Everyone's going to know. And I'm like, so what? Like, I felt like that at the start. And then like you literally lose all shame. And you're like, yeah. daily I tell myself, this is not for you. This is for the business. Like, and then I'll do the interview. If I'm nervous about doing an interview, I'll be like, this is not for you. This is for business. Mm-hmm. This is for all the people that work with you. Like, you have to do this. So now I think I've turned my fear of failure into my biggest driving force. Mm-hmm. And that's what I would say to anyone setting up a business. Like, everyone's biggest fear is failing. So now I've turned that to my driving force of being like, I will yeah. not fail. Yeah. I will not fail. Like, yeah. that is my, my biggest driving force to be like, I won't fail. So... I've turned my scariness into actually a positive to be like, come on, this is your biggest thing, don't fail, don't fail. (laughs) But also a failure is, um, it's a sign of growth as well. So if you were to fail in some aspects of your business, you'll always learn something from it. Yeah. Oh my God, and at least you've tried. I told myself at the start, I was like, you know what, Scarlett, if you fail, at least you've got rid of that niggling doubt in your mind. Yeah. this niggling business idea that you've had for so long, yeah. if it doesn't work, at least you tried it. At least you can get rid of that niggling doubt now and be like, mm-hmm. oh, well, I tried it, it didn't work, on to the next. But mm-hmm. like you said, every failure teaches you a lesson, whether it's mm-hmm. about yourself mm-hmm. as a person or your business or, like, I'd rather fail than not try try mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Yeah, um, exactly. But, but exactly that, like you said, I was very lucky that, when I started off my business, I called it like friend funding. So mm-hmm. I've not t- taken any funding. I've not taken any investment yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's mainly that, like all of my friends have helped me out. Like mm-hmm. literally I went straight back to quintessentially and it felt like going back to school with your child being like, here's my baby, don't find it ugly. So in fact, I to going back to school with my homework, being like, this is what I worked on. They were, literally, like you said, they were my first client back. Mm-hmm. So I, the thing that I would say about people with their jobs is keep your relationships yeah. in yeah. life. Keep your relationships with your old bosses. Keep your relationships with your old clients. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Because if you ever set up a business, they're the first people you can go back to. And that's free advertising. That's free advertising. It's free marketing. Yeah. It's free clients at the end of the day that you can go straight back to. So mm-hmm. I went straight back to Quintessentially. They took me on board straight away because obviously yeah. I've literally done the job. Um, mm-hmm. And they knew I wouldn't let them down for mm-hmm. that reason that I was like, oh my God, if I if I let them down, all my old colleagues would know that I've done a really bad job and I won't let that happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
So mm. I was really lucky that, like you said, I went back to Queen's Century, they were my first client, then Tatler came out, and then a friend of mine um, worked at Annabelle's, and they said, okay, we're starting to do these massive, huge events, can you do creative makeup? And I was like, yep, absolutely. Mm. So my friend got me into there, mm. um, and so like you said, I'd say to anyone putting setting up a business, speak to your friends, like, have no mm-hmm. shame. I, I ask anyone now for contact, I'm like, hi, I know you used to work at, like, such a company, do you mm-hmm. have to contact there? Can you send me an intro email? Because that is the best way to get clients when you don't mm-hmm. have marketing budgets or PR budgets at the mm-hmm. end of the day, is mm-hmm. getting to speak to someone, getting your foot in the door, getting your clients, mm-hmm. like, through word of mouth, through your friends helping you out because then you don't look like a stranger sliding into someone's inbox it's like it just takes a friend to be like hi Claire this is my friend Scarlett her company's awesome maybe you guys could have a coffee mm. done mm-hmm. like and so exactly that yeah. also never turned down a job like mm-hmm. Royal Ascot in the first year was my friend again who mm-hmm. worked in the marketing department and went Scarlett can I have a blow dry just for me every day um, and I could have turned it down, being like, oh my god, it's one blow dry. Like, it's a lot of hard work to get someone's ascot every day. Mm-hmm. But I was like, nope, every job's a job. Yeah. And then the next year, it went from one blow dry to 100 people every day. Yeah. And Everything we did all jobs. of their staff. Yeah. And so, like you said, if I'd have said no to that first one person the first year, mm-hmm. you wouldn't have had the 100 people the next year. Yeah, you just yeah. never know with these with your clients what mm. it's going to lead on to or what the next thing is going to lead on to so mm. I kind of anyone that's setting up a business and they don't take investments straight off the bounce like I haven't I still don't have a business plan to this day mm-hmm. like I literally yeah. roped in what cost me nothing and that's friends contacts sending emails to people that you haven't spoken to for six months being like mm-hmm. hi hope you're well mm-hmm. <laughs> um my new business and like you said just use what you got mm-hmm. and always make sure that when you leave a business keep in contact with them like keep in contact with your old boss because you never know when you might need them contacts coming back this yeah. is such good life advice and if there's anything I've learned as well since starting up my blog and starting in the fashion industry it's that networking is crucial and you get to yeah. meet so many amazing people that you would have never crossed paths with otherwise and also you can't do everything on your own everything is a teamwork yeah. you meet people who compliment you in different ways and you help each other and yeah I think there's no better way to do it than exactly how you explained and that's the best way for you to also have kicked off your business in a really positive way not turn down jobs use your network to grow and to expand and show your service so I think that's really good advice actually for everyone listening like they'll take someone's business card and it's like oh yeah that's no good for me now and you're like yeah, yeah now but in six months that person might leave that job and they mm-hmm. might go and be the head of Revlon like and then yes. you need that contact yeah so just exactly. never kind of shut the book on people just because they might mm-hmm. not be able to help you now exactly if they're a lovely person it doesn't matter what they do because they might leave and go and do a job that's going to be amazing for your business in four months time yeah so yeah. just never kind of judge people by judge them by if they're a lovely person or not keep in mm-hmm. contact with that person because if they're lovely now they'll be lovely in six months time and you're mm-hmm. like head of charlotte tilbury and you're like okay i need that contact now yeah and then you can't really come back you know if you're closing <laughs> no. that door 
And so, but actually something I've noticed is there's so many people that are willing to help you, but then there's a lot of people that aren't. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it's hard to, if you get a lot of people that kind of, you know, are not interested or kind of like tell you they don't really want to help you in any way, it kind of discourages you. But then when you find people who have similar mindsets, it just really, yeah, I don't know. Mm -hmm. It just kickstarts any journey. So it's good to keep your mind open. You'll always get a bit of both though. You'll always get people who will be not willing to help who might be jealous but then that's just the way it is in life in general if everyone was always there to help each other no one would get things done for themselves so at the end of the day it is that but what would you say is like your top biggest tips for building a strong network because you have a strong network and maybe our audience is actually would be interested in knowing how to do this I'd say number one is that Probably like when I'm in London, people are like, oh my God, you don't sound like you're from Yorkshire. And then when I speak to you, like now we understand why. They're like, you speak to everyone. I speak to everyone. I speak to Mm -hmm. everyone. Mm -hmm. And I treat everyone the same, whether it's the person on the door or the the CEO. Like I would literally just say the main thing in life is to speak to everyone. Mm -hmm. Speak to everyone, make conversation with people, be lovely to the people that you think aren't even going to be helpful to you because you just never you never ever know like one of my favorite things was um on new year's eve we were doing an event and i was running around in my trainers with a pot of glitter in my hand um and this guy came up to me and was like oh my god do you do the makeup and i was like yeah this is my first he's like oh my god you wouldn't mind just putting some glitter on me and my wife's face with you for for new year's eve i was like yeah of course I can, like, bought the stylist down, put some glitter. Mm-hmm. He handed me his business card. He's one of the CEOs, like, the, probably one of the biggest luxury brands in the world. Yeah. And when you I looked at the card, I was like, oh, my God, thank God I put glitter on his face. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thank God. <laughs> but he could have been anyone. Yeah, he yeah exactly. Been anyone. He might have been a CEO of a bike company that would yeah. be no good to me whatsoever. Yeah. But it turns out it was one of probably one of the best contacts I've ever made. Mm-hmm. And that's by just being lovely and helpful and being nice mm-hmm. and going out of your way for people because mm-hmm. you just never, you never know. So just speak to everyone, get business cards, keep in contact with people mm-hmm. and do, I find like probably leading into my second of like random acts of kindness. Yeah. So for example, a friend of mine brings in a big event for me. I then give her free hair and makeup to say thank you. Yeah. And mm-hmm. It's just little things like that, that it's like just always giving back and people that help you along the way, make sure that they know you're grateful for doing that. So I'm always like, okay, it's a prize. I'll send a person to the office and give them a blow dry or get their nails done because I'm like, I'm really thankful for you doing that because if you hadn't sent that email, I wouldn't have this event. Mm-hmm. And for that, they'll do it again. So the next person that's got an event is like, oh my God, Scarlett's really great. Mm-hmm. Whereas I've been on that reverse end that I've, help people and they've never said thank you mm. and then I wouldn't do it again so I'm yeah. like I don't care if they give me commission they've given me flowers or they've just said thank you it's the fact that they said thank you I appreciate you doing that yeah. whereas if you don't do that people won't help you out going forward again mm-hmm. like and also that like you said never get too big for your boots like yeah. still to this day I mean I go to every single event every single big event I am there with my team we are a team. I am there for the client. If they need anything, I'm on site. I'm there with a the glitter in my hand, running around, helping people. And that's why people have booked in with me rather than bigger companies, because I don't just send people to an event and think, oh, well, 
So like, my invoice is signed off, don't care. Yeah. I'm there on the day, I'm making sure that I get to know the marketing girl, the PR girl. Mm. Like there are reasons why I'm there. Because yeah. if you're there and you get you get on well, you're chatting to the marketing girl, you're chatting to the PR girl, these are all contacts that you're getting while you're at this venue. Mm-hmm. And people then see, oh my God, this girl worked hard. She's here. She's on site at 4am, like at our Every single day yeah. I was there, making coffee for my team. Mm-hmm. Like you have to be there mm-hmm. and support your business and the people that work for you. I, I mm-hmm. don't think people that set up a business and then go, oh, well, I'm too good, I don't have to come nowhere near yeah. it now. And I'm like, yeah, yeah that's not how it works. Yeah. People support other people. Like, so mm-hmm. many women, like you said, have kind of at the start probably looked at me and thought, oh, well, she's oh, cute, she set up a hair and makeup company. And then by the end of it, they're like, no, that girl literally worked her ass off. Mm-hmm. She is at this event, she's running up the stairs, she's got this little in her hand. Like, mm-hmm. So, yeah, people, people buy into you showing up for your own event, showing up for your own business, mm-hmm. making sure you're there, you care, you're not just a mm-hmm. logo and no one's behind it. Yes. Because you are your brand. The strongest image you can give off is you and your service. Mm-hmm. So if people see, you know, the founder's always there, is super positive and chatty and just wants to help people, of course that makes people want to buy into the service too. Oh, and I love it. I never it's all about that. How good image. people look. Like, yeah. literally, I get such a buzz when someone has their makeup done and their hair done, and I'm like, oh my god, you look so good! <laughs> <laughs> it gives me such a buzz to be like, yeah. oh my god, I did this. Like, they're my nice yeah. makeup. Yeah, you have a personal great. connection like, to it. Yeah, it re- and you know what? Being there and experiencing it, it makes up for the bad days. Mm. The days that you're like in the office on your own, wanting to give up, like, yeah. which we all have, like, doubting ourselves, like, then you go to an event two days time and that person is like, oh my God, I love your company. Your girls are great. And you get that little bit of a buzz. You need to hold on to that. Yeah. Then when you get back to the office the next day, you're like, okay, back to reality, back to the gym, yeah. Yeah. back to the coffee, back to the admin. Yeah. You've got to hold on to that little bit of a buzz to keep yeah. you going through the office. <laughs> How do you yeah. actually keep on top of having a work-life balance? Because I feel like, you know, when you start your own business, there's so many things that need to get done. How do you make sure to keep that balance for yourself? God, I don't. Honestly, yeah. some days I don't, I, don't, I don't see people for like a week mm-hmm. and I'll just like go off and have to get everything done. And kind of, it's hard when you're a woman as well. Like yeah. A lot of my friends at the start kind of fell out with me for a bit because mm-hmm. I couldn't go for dinners or I couldn't go to birthdays or, and I'm like, it's not that I don't want to come. It's that I physically can't. Like, I have to be at this event. I've got to be with my team. Mm -hmm. Like, this is my baby, and this is my time. So if I I don't do this now, I'm never going to get this momentum back. And it's kind of some days I've learned to be a bit selfish, which I didn't like to be at the start. But you've got to be, because unless your friends are doing their own thing, have got their own business, but if your friends have got nine to five jobs, they sometimes can't understand that you have to work daylight till dark and one minute you were free to come for dinner and then the phone call, you got a phone call and then it's a really super high end client and it needs you now and you're like, oh my God, what do I do? And it's like, you you just got to be honest with your friends and be like, I'm so sorry, I've got to put my business first because if I don't, no one else is going to yeah. and just you find out who your real friends are 
you find out the people that are going to support you and yeah it's really tricky like I suffer some days that I burn out a lot because you're just 24 7 on the go I put my business before my health before me and now that I've turned 30 in lockdown (laughs) I'm like okay I've really got to look after myself because if if I go down there is no business yeah Mm -hmm. so like you said I'm I'm learning and it's so hard I'm learning some days I'm like you need to take the day off and I'm like oh that's so unproductive Yes, yeah, the guilt feeling that <laughs> yeah. always happens. I have that too, yeah. Because both Anna and I, just to tell you a little bit about ourselves too, we both yeah. have full-time nine-to-five jobs alongside doing our social media and having a podcast um, and, like, other projects. Yeah. So it's been like that for years, and I've constantly always felt this, like, guilt feeling of yeah. if I spend a weekend just hanging out with friends or a weekend not doing work that I would not be productive and that's how it is when you are so it's like a good thing because you're driven and you're ambitious Mm -hmm. um but also when you have something that's yours that's your baby you can't give it you can't take time off so Mm -hmm. that is like the the thing that I want to learn how to do better is actually having a really good work-life balance same. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's so nice now that like female founders are all like, like one of my friends just set up a WhatsApp group chat of all that her like female founder friends. Oh, wow. And it is so nice because I feel like there's so much many more people now that have got like side hustles or like mm-hmm. you said are doing their job yeah, and also yeah. doing another job or doing their social media or doing mm-hmm. a blog or like and it's so nice now that you've got other women to speak to about it and just like have a bit of a moment to be like do you have a life and people like who lie and they're like oh yeah like I've managed everything I'm Wonder Woman and it's like that's not true like yeah. it's so not no, true like please just someone to be you honest out. and tell me that you also don't have a life you yeah. don't have a social life. <laughs> it gets too much at one point. It gets too much. You need yeah. to speak to people, don't yeah. you? You need to yeah. speak to other females to be like, am I a bad person for taking the day off? And they're like, no, you're not. And then you're like, okay, I can do this. Yeah. Have the day off. You need the support. My friend, the <laughs> yeah. business owner, she's told me I'm not a bad boss for taking the day off. Like, uh, yeah. It's hard to so find yeah, that I balance. Think finding kind of people that you can speak to as well and like, well, just like you said, like, everyone's setting up their own thing like you said everyone's just trying to get through what they're doing at this moment in time and it's mm-hmm. like nobody really knows what other people are doing either so you're constantly mm-hmm. there you know am I doing this right am I doing this wrong like should I be doing this mm-hmm. so it's so nice now I feel like the female empowerment moving mm-hmm. movement is like huge and it's yeah. so nice of other women having other women's backs yeah do you actually could you please tell us about your future plans for Glow and Dry? We'd love God, to know. How long have you got? I'm like, I'm like in my head, I'm like already like 10 years down Maybe the line. Maybe a five-year like... plan. Whatever you can disclose publicly. Oh, yes, true. true. <laughs> I'm that person that like one o'clock in the morning wakes some people up and be like, I've got an idea. Yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> like... It's a good sign. <laughs> So now I have like a notepad by my bed. Yeah. And like I write my ideas down and other people are like, I think it sounds great if you were telling me this at nine AM, not one o'clock in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so my my aim probably in five years' time is to have flow and dry across the UK. So mm-hmm. I want it to be kind of that little black go to book online. So yeah. if you're from London and you're going up to Manchester for the weekend and you need your hair and makeup doing. 
you go on Glow and Dry and you're like, right, hair and makeup artists in Manchester, boom. Here's all the amazing people in Manchester that we vetted for you. Mm. So that's my aim is like, so to have be that like little pocket that you said wherever you go in the world, you can be like, right, okay, who's who's Glow and Dry is recommended? Perfect. So we've actually partnered with salons now as well. So we've partnered with like Parishisons and Harry's and Joe Hansford. So it's even like that. It's kind of like being more that luxury level version of treat well. So whether it's an individual person or not, it's actual business. So if you're in London and you want a hairdresser, it's like, right, okay, these are the top five hairdressers that we recommend in London. And you can go on and book them directly on Glow and Dry. Um, and actually, which is really exciting, we're introducing um, in September mm. our membership. Mm. So the membership, you'll go on and every client will become a member and then you get a discount code. And so we're going to reward you on your overall monthly beauty bill. So instead of, like you said, you've got to always go to one hairdresser to get your discount. It's like your beauty bill racks up. The time you've like had your hair done, which is like maybe £200, you've had your brows done, you've had your nails done, and these are all at different places, so you're not getting any rewards for all of this money that you spent in all these different places. Mm. My idea is that by well and dry, you booked in to have your brows done with, let's say, Anna, your hair done at Joe Hansford, your makeup done with Joe, you spent £450 this month with well and dry, we mm. give you a free blow dry, or we give you 10% off your next one of it, so it's like rewarding you for your overall monthly beauty bill, which I'm like, Someone mm, needs to do great. that again. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. we spend so much money that adds up that you don't even know about, and you get no True. rewards because they're with different people. Yeah. So now it's kind of like being rewarded by all of these different people, but by one platform, which mm-hmm. is Glow and Dry. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. Oh, so that was great. very exciting. Already, all my friends are like, sign me up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. And that just takes it to the next level as well. Luxury concierge service. Mm-hmm. just up a notch so yeah yeah it sounds oh, really nice. exciting that's yeah. great advice thank you so much if i can do it they, you can do it literally <laughs> yeah let's all build our own amazing businesses <laughs> and support each other exactly <laughs> yeah. exactly